Sometimes I like to imagine the world after us, the strange mammals that will emerge, the abundance of biodiverse plant life taking over our fields and factories and so on. I don't think this world will be better. I maintain that we are the most interesting thing to happen on Earth, and there is real beauty and meaning in our curiosity and compassion, even as we also cause and witness so much suffering. But at any rate, there will be a world after us, after each of us. And that's why there's life insurance. It exists to provide a financial safety net to those who love and count on you. Policy Genius's technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Policy Genius. Because there will be a world without us. Hello and welcome to Dear Hank and John. I said, can we do a cold open? What's a cold open? With no oh. theme music, where we just okay. do a cold open. Okay. I don't know so I feel is. like on especially important Dear Hank and John episodes, when we have especially important news, we should start with a cold open instead of starting with the music. I didn't realize there wasn't especially important news. Oh, yeah. Hello, this is Hank and John Green. No, no, we are already in the cold open, Hank. Okay. What's the v especially important news? What are you, why are you looking at your phone? I'm at VidCon, I'm organizing things. <laughs> um, the especially important news, well there's two pieces of especially important news that we have to get to before I think we start the podcast. Okay. The first is that in the last episode of Dear Hank and John, I slightly undercut my argument that I am acquainted with the Pope by misnaming the Pope. Yes, you did call him Benedict. In fact, his name is Francis. I want to apologize to my friend the Pope <laughs> for using the wrong name. The second and most important news, Hank, is that in our last episode, you and I made a bet about whether humans will get to Mars by 2027. Okay. And I said that I was going to start a Twitter. Yeah. Leon Musk. Yeah, for Earth. Leon Musk for Earth, number four. Leon Musk, number four Earth. And that Twitter which you said I was not serious about, and would you take seriously? I didn't say you weren't serious about. I said you weren't gonna follow through, and I do not call this a week later following through. First off, Leon Musk for Earth number four, Leon Musk at Leon Musk number four Earth, uh, has 1,265 Twitter followers, Hank. Do you know how many accounts he follows? One. One, you know what that account is? Is it NASA Earth? NASA Earth, NASA's greatest work. Uh, NASA does do a lot of important Earth science. Uh, I would argue it's actually the only important science they do. <laughs> um, I am so committed, Hank. Why is this before the intro? Because, Hank, well, on big, big days, we need to do cold opens. Leon okay. Musk for Earth is the biggest development in Vlogbrothers since arguably 2007. All right. Should we enter the podcast now? All right, let's launch the theme music. Hello and welcome to Dear Hank and John. No, I prefer to think of it Dear John and Hank. It's a comedy podcast where me and my brother John uh, 
give you dubious advice, answer your questions, bring you all the week's news from both Mars and AFC Wimbledon. And we are together right now in Anaheim, California. Yeah, we're here for VidCon. VidCon, it's VidCon, it's happening. Get to have one of those lovely Hank and John are in the same place uh, podcasts, which are, are some of my favorites. Are we recording? We are. Okay. I was just looking at the thing to make sure. Leon Muss asks, question time. What's your favorite thing about Earth? For me, it's how much better it is at supporting life than Mars. <laughs> how are you doing, John? I'm doing great. I'm, uh, Hank, I've never been so committed to a project as I am committed to the Leon Musk for Earth project. <laughs> you know, uh, Leon Musk, he's even invented a hashtag yeah. uh, to support his cause. Hashtag Yes Earth. Yeah. Um, hashtag Earth Life. That's his other one that he really <laughs> likes to use. And then, of course... Um, uh, hashtag not till 2028. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to win this bet. There will be no humans on Mars till, till 2028 at the very earliest, thanks to the hard work on Twitter of noted Earth activist Leon Musk. And all of the 1,200-something people following Leon. I mean, it's going to be more by the time this is uploaded. In fact, Hank, just while we've been having this conversation, Leon Musk for Earth got a new follower. Oh, I'm very excited for him. Don't worry, I'm going to name I'm going to name them Kira Carey. I just want to say thank you. <laughs> okay. Thanks for standing <laughs> for Earth. Hashtag. Hashtag yes, Earth. <laughs> All right. Uh, hashtag no Earth, yes Mars. No. Both. Oh, no, no, why both? both? We've got a great planet. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to win this bet. We still haven't decided what the terms are going to be. Lots of, lots of people had great suggestions, but keep sending in your suggestions for what you would like the terms of my bet with Hank to be over whether or not A, AFC Wimbledon will make it to the Premier League by 2027, and B, whether or not humans will make it to Mars by 2027. So we've got a, a, a suggestion from Jess who says, if there are no humans on Mars in 10 years, the podcast shall be renamed Dear John and Hank. Oh, that's a fantastic idea. <laughs> that is a fantastic idea. That's it. We found it. <laughs> so right. we are just 11 short years away from my dream coming true <laughs> and this podcast being called Dear John and the Hank. The nature of the universe shall change. I mean, that's the best possible victory. All right, John, do you want to do some questions or do you have a short poem for us? You know, let's just, uh, let's just go. Uh, <laughs> you know, if I could just read one short poem, Hank. Okay, just, well, that's usually how you do it. Do you, not, do you mind? Yeah, don't do two. I won't do two. I'm just going to do one short poem for the day. It's a prose poem. Is it by Leon Musk? It's by Leon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> he writes it's a poem by Leon Musk it's on his Twitter at Leon Musk number four earth <laughs> people often ask me Leon Musk should we send humans to Mars and I always tell them yes in 2028 and not a day sooner <laughs> good it's a great it's beautiful you're welcome for the short poem <laughs> <laughs> I've already had more fun on this podcast than I usually have all week long. <laughs> Hank, let's answer some questions from our listeners. All right. This one is from uh, Natanel and Noah in Israel. Uh, Natanel asks, my wife keeps asking me to ask you guys the question in the subject line, which is, why does the urge to pee increase as I get closer to my apartment? And even more so right at the door. Is there a reason for this, Hank? Is there a scientific reason? I have, have it too. This? 
where like the closer you get to the bathroom, the more you have to pee. In fact, the most recent time I peed my pants was <laughs> precisely because of this phenomenon. Yeah, you had gotten to the place? I didn't pee my pants, but I did pee in a non-ideal location um, because I'd realized that I was either going to pee right. in my pants or I was going to pee in the non-ideal location while not getting pee in my pants. Yeah. <laughs> it was when I was on the set of the Paper Towns movie and we had uh, apartments, all of us had apartments in the same apartment building. And I had the really intense urge to pee as I got closer to the apartment. It got more intense, it got more intense, it got more intense. And then I realized I didn't have a key. <laughs> so you just peed on your apartment? No, so I just ran outside and I peed. Uh, I can't tell the story. <laughs> you can't? No, it's too late. I'm backing off. I'm you backing away. <laughs> I'm walking away from the story. The short answer is that we don't know. Uh, no, I do know. Oh, Hank does know. Along your urethra, oh, you have boy. a series of 86 sphincters. Wow. And I'm making this up. <laughs> <laughs> you had me sold. I was like, I had no idea that I had 86 urethral sphincters. <laughs> <laughs> That's some of the most um, dubious advice we've you, ever offered. You do, you do, there are some, uh, so the, I think, I think, I haven't looked this up, that there are some, uh, there are some that are controlled by your sympathetic nervous system. You're like, like, sub, like the, the, just like your body doing body things. And there are some that are controlled by your mind. And when those, when your body says it's time to pee, you only have one like mind controllable do not pee system thing that actually you control. And if your body lets go of all of them, it can be very difficult to keep that one. And ev I think it can even relax, intentionally relax the last one without your permission. Uh, and that is as much as I know, but- I mean, that I, seems I, very dubious. I just gotta I, tell you the truth. I think, you know, your body is just like, oh, it's the time. We're here. It's time to do this. Go, go, go. It's time. But yeah, I do. I, yeah, this is absolutely a thing. All of us agree. Yeah, it's definitely a thing. Um, let's move on to another question, though, Hank. Uh, this question is hugely important and difficult and complicated. It comes from Anthony, who writes, Dear John and Hank, should I delete the sent from my iPhone in emails I send from my iPhone? What? You know how at the uh, bottom of... of when oh, you send yeah. an email from your iPhone, it says sent from my iPhone. Yeah. Should you have that signature in an email sent from your mobile device or should you have no mobile device uh, signifier right. at all? Here's what you should do. So I have some friends who do a thing, which is uh, they will leave a message like, excuse any typos, I, I wrote this on my phone. I don't like sent from my iPhone. Because it seems a little bit like, I'm so special, I have an iPhone. Yeah. Uh, it's like, I don't want a brand integration in my email. Right, agreed. I should be getting paid for that. Right. I don't have anything, though. I just cut, I just cut it off completely. You know what I have? Uh, John. That way <laughs> so I don't have to write that? That way I don't have to write my name at the end of the email. 100% uh, of the time, it just says John. So, Anthony... Oh, here's an idea. How about I put in my email signature sent from my iPhone? That way people think I'm super busy. <laughs> and, like, so, so important that I wrote this, like, five-page email I, I on mean, my iPhone. That's a good idea, but, Anthony, if I could make one recommendation, it would be to change your uh, iPhone email signature to just say John. 
uh, because I think <laughs> I think that's the statement you want to make is that that this was sent from John. Hank, I have another question. Okay. This one comes from Grace, who writes, Dear John and Hank, I'm a high school senior, and it is now the time of year when everyone is asking for signatures in their yearbooks to remember you by. Uh, this question might be a little bit dated, but don't worry, we're still going to answer it. <laughs> However, I don't know half of these people. Currently, I'm drawing random internet memes in the yearbooks of people I don't know to avoid writing the cliche responses like never change or have a great summer. What do you write in the yearbooks of people you hardly know? I think writing never change, by the way, is a huge mistake. Yeah, because you should definitely... Please change. Yeah, if I could say one thing to my 16-year-old self, it would be change. <laughs> Just one word. Change. Yeah. Maybe that's what you should write, Grace, in big capital letters. <laughs> be different from the way you were. I didn't like it that much. <laughs> I didn't know you, but I bet you need to change. Yeah. Grow up. No. Just grow. Not grow up. Just grow. Uh, I. Why are you writing in strangers' books anyway? Hank, do you not remember high school? This was a huge part of high school experience that you have to sign yearbooks for people with whom you are not terribly well acquainted. Yeah, not terribly well acquainted. I. This is something we actually have experience in because on a pretty regular basis, we sign items for people whom we don't know well. At all, yeah. And so we have a strategy for doing this, and yeah. I think it's actually quite a good strategy. I don't know what your strategy is. Mine is that I write, best wishes, exclamation yeah. point, and I sign my name. I have a couple. Yep. So it helps if you can come up with something cute that you can draw quickly. Right, like a hankler fish. Like a hankler fish. Uh, but it's good to have that in general. Uh, then you can draw something, and then that's nice. You made them a thing. Uh, and then sometimes I'll write, just keep swimming, because it's a fish, mm -hmm. next to the fish. That's good. Or I'll write DFTBA. DFTBA is a winner for me because it's five characters long, mm -hmm. so you can get it done pretty quickly. And Don't Forget to Be Awesome is reasonably good advice to more or less everyone. Yeah. Yep. So, Grace, we're going to say... Either <laughs> either draw a fish and say, just keep swimming. <laughs> no, that's mine. Don't do that. That's also good advice, get, to be get, fair. Get a, get a, draw a giraffe and say, reach for the highest apple. I don't think giraffes eat apples. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's still cute. Exceptionally dubious advice. Yeah, Hang fish don't swim. <laughs> this, is, this is the worst episode of Dear Hank and John ever. <laughs> this is the one that out of context. Fish don't swim. This is the it's one that we've made entirely for ourselves and 0% <laughs> for our listeners. We're clearly like punch drunk on VidCon anxiety and we need to move on to another question. But Grace, congratulations on finishing another year of school. Good job. If, our, if it sounds like we're getting a lot of text messages, it's, it's because, because we, we are. are. All right, this one's from Iris, who asks, Dear Hank and John, I have a lot of red curly hair, and people always tell me how beautiful it is, which is flattering. However, total strangers also think, seem to think it's okay to touch my hair without asking permission. I find this uncomfortable, and it makes me anxious, but I never know what to say. So my question is, what's the polite way to, sell, to tell someone that you don't want them to touch you? Uh... I have a version of this. I don't have beautiful curly red hair, but I have a version of this, which is that people often ask to touch my puff um, right. when I meet them. Because you got, you got the puffy hair. Even when I was at a bar last night, someone just touched it without asking or anything, and it also makes me anxious. I think any time a stranger is touching you, 
uh, without your permission, it's a little bit um, of an imposition. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it can't be done with a facial expression. Maybe not to everybody, but to some people, I think there are certain facial expressions that will tell them that, in fact, the thing you have done is incorrect. Yeah, and then maybe they won't do it in the future, but it doesn't help you for, uh, like, you've maybe taught them an important lesson, but you haven't, uh, you haven't solved your problem, which is that you don't like your red hair being touched by strangers who haven't asked for permission. So first off, let's just establish as a rule, the same way we have the armrest rule, right. that uh, Dear Hank and John listeners, or Dear John and Hank listeners, as I prefer <laughs> to think of them, do not touch strangers without asking for permission. Let's just not do it. Okay. Let's just, I mean, unless like you're, you know, you're in a subway and you jostle against right. someone or yeah, something. If you're, like, a, if you're in a mosh pit at a conference, you are uh, a, a concert is what I meant. Yeah. Or if you're in a mosh pit, if you go to a really great dentistry conference and they have one of those great dentist mosh pits. Oh, those are the best. Those are the best. Those people know how to party. Oh, man. Um, they got the laughing gas. Well, yeah. And also they can just fix their teeth if they get knocked out. That's true. Very so they easy, don't even have to problem. worry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is the worst episode. <laughs> it's real bad. I know. We should, Dentist I, mosh pits. I know what we're going to call it. Yeah. The, the worst, worst episode, episode ever. Um, oh, I thought we were going to call it the worst episode ever. Oh, that's better. That's better. <laughs> that's good. You, you know, you're, you're, a clever, you're a clever chap. Um, in summary, unless you're in a mosh pit, don't touch strangers, uh, especially if they have curly red hair, because they've probably been treated as like weird objects of fetishization and objectification for their entire lives and it's unpleasant for them okay sorry that happened to you rebecca i've got another question john i can't wait it's from kylie who asks dear hank and john i know that dust is particles of air dirt yep but correct. i clean my house pretty often and yet it always gets all over my things yeah what is dust anyways and how can I keep potentially harmful substance? And how can I keep this potentially harmful substance from collecting so often and invading my nostrils? Any dubious advice is greatly appreciated. First off, um, my understanding is that dust is made out of like uh, human leftovers. A great deal of it is indeed. Uh, little bits of skin. Oh, God. Ugh. Hank, I recently uh, recatalogued... Well, some of it's other stuff. Is that makes you feel any better? Not really. I recently recatalogued my home library, uh -huh. which was an extraordinarily fulfilling experience, as I'm sure you can imagine. And in the process, I dusted each of, each of my books individually and then mm -hmm. dusted all of the shelves and everything. And it is astonishing yes. how much dust collects on items. Yes. It's almost like we shouldn't have items. It's almost like we shouldn't have horizontal surfaces in our homes. <laughs> it's hard to not have so hor any horizontal surfaces. To just live in an elevator shaft. Well, you need a floor. <laughs> yeah, you, you need, do a floor. need a floor. Yeah, yeah uh, it's true. It's a good point, Hank. <laughs> I'm clearly, just live in a bottomless pit. I'm not no an horizontal surfaces. I'm just falling. <laughs> I'm not an architect. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they have. Uh, it doesn't. Falling. <laughs> Here's your new home. Uh, good news and bad news. <laughs> good news, not no going to have a dust problem. Bad news, uh, it is an eternally falling pit. So... <laughs> this is a pit of... You will eventually, I think, get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> but cell phone service is going to be a problem. 
How long could you fall, if there were a theoretical hole through the entire Earth, mm -hmm. how long could you fall? Um, you would... I mean, I know, you, I know you would die because you would get very warm. Well, if you, but I'm if saying, you would... You would, if have, you would in, an air-conditioned hole. You would kind hole. of fall forever, in you a way. Uh, because you would fall, yeah. and then you would reach the other side, and you would fall back, and you'd sort of yo-yo back and forth. So it is, I mean, But it's then not. eventually you would settle in the middle of right. the gravitational center of the Earth. Yeah. And then you would just sit there. And so you You'd would have, and, and no dust. <laughs> <laughs> there would be dust. It would just, like they have dust on the space station and they have to control for it, but it doesn't settle the same way. It like sort of just gets into everything. Oh, great. <laughs> All right, so. Problem not solved. Cutting a hole through the Earth is not going to work as a solution to our <laughs> dust, dust problem. problem. Okay. Uh, I, yeah, I, having a smaller home space does help because uh, it's easier to keep clean. And, uh, and also, I, what, I, what I will say about dusting is that a great deal of dusting is just putting the dust back into the air where yep. it will once again fall. Correct. So doing things uh, that actually absorb the dust and then washing that thing is much better than just like fluffing the dust off so that it can once again land upon all of your things. That's my home maintenance tip from Hank Green, home maintenance expert. I mean, that's just extraordinarily dubious advice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're recording Dear Hank and John. Hey, at VidCon, it's out. Hey, John. Yeah, are, are, we, are you Snapchatting? <laughs> yes. All right, Hank, let's move on to a slightly more serious question. Although dust is a very serious problem, I don't want to minimize it. This question comes from Lauren, who asks, Dear John and Hank, every once in a while I have this feeling creep inexplicably up on me, and the only way I can describe it is homesickness. It's a bit of a tight feeling in the chest and stomach that's part nostalgia and part anxiety. The thing is, I'm 36, and I'm actually not homesick, nor would going to my own home or my parents' home make the feeling go away. Do you ever have this sort of feeling? And if so, what the heck? I do have this feeling, and reading this question felt like someone was seeing very specifically inside of me, which is not a feeling I have that often, that like somebody uh, was feeling something that feels to me quite private. And so I was fascinated by the question, do you mm -hmm. have this feeling, Hank? Um, is it is it a kind of nostalgia? That's is it. it is that what we're talking about? It's not quite nostalgia. I actually usually describe it as uh, as dread or longing, or like a place between dread and longing. Um, but it is a very specific feeling in my in my chest and stomach where I feel. Um, a distance from something that I want to feel close to, but I don't quite know what the thing is. Um, it's a very, I used to, when I was a kid, I had it when I was a kid too, and when I was a kid I would call it the night feeling, because I had it mostly uh, at night, which was when I sort of like, my anxieties would, would be allowed to like run mm -hmm. wild. You don't have this feeling. I don't think so. I think that's good news for you. Although it's not, I have to say, it's not a wholly bad feeling. The other time I get it, maybe this will help you, is when I'm driving alone on a highway at night and I feel a sort of mix of poignancy and uh, yearning, but I don't quite know for what. Is this at all helpful? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Hank doesn't have feelings like the rest of us have feelings. <laughs> uh, I, yeah. 
All right, don't have on I'm sorry. Lauren, <laughs> Lauren Hank, obviously not qualified to answer this question, <laughs> but then again, that doesn't usually stop him. Um, oh, <laughs> I will say, th th what, we have 86 urethral sphincters? <laughs> <laughs> I will say you are not alone in this feeling. Uh, I know you're not alone because I also have it. Um, and I think maybe it's part of being a person that y you yearn for something that you don't quite know what it is. Mm -hmm. And I think just being okay with that makes the feeling less scary, at least for me. So that is my dubious advice. And now... We will move on to a question that Hank uh, feels that he can answer because it's not about feelings. <laughs> All right. Uh, this one's from Gerardo, who asks, Dear Hank and John, I work as a lifeguard every summer, and over the course of this past year, I gained some weight, which had the unexpected consequence that there is a, a spot on my back I cannot reach to apply sunscreen. I don't want to ask the other guards because it's embarrassing, but I would also not like to get, but I would also like to not get skin cancer on that one spot in my back. Any dubious advice as to how to cover your entire back with sunscreen as a larger slash less, 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 less flexible person? Yes. You got, you got this one? Oh yeah. Well, okay. this is a problem that I have. I also have a spot yeah, in my back that sure. I can't reach. Yeah. And I, ha I use the spray-on sunscreen, the spray on, yeah. which I think is A, fantastic. It's underappreciated as a product. And B, it's extremely effective. You can spray it like at least 10 inches away from the spot. So if you can get within 10 inches of the spot, you can get there yeah. with the spray-on sunscreen. Mm -hmm. So that, that's what I would say. I just put some sunscreen on the wall mm -hmm. and then I just rub up against it. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I do like the spray on sunscreen. I have a I have a problem with it. What is it? Is it? that they put something in it that makes it taste bad? Mm. And I'm not saying that I'm spraying it in my mouth. I was going to say it seems like a pretty easy problem to avoid. <laughs> the thing it also doesn't recommend that you eat sunscreen. <laughs> <laughs> problem is it tastes it smells like delicious coconut, but yeah. it tastes awful. Let me ask you this, Hank. How does uh, um? <laughs> How does regular sunscreen taste? Is it delicious? <laughs> Do you like that? Okay, I think that they put some kind of bitterant in it so that people don't huff it. Um, they put. <laughs> I'm really? serious. I think that they put something in uh. there that makes it. And, and like I and like every time I use it, like there's this very strong bitter taste in my mouth if I get if I like breathe at all while yeah. it's happening. Well, it's because I mean I, again I don't want to underscore this, Hank, but you shouldn't huff the sunscreen. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> okay. I'll keep that in mind in the future. But yeah, the spray-on stuff, you don't have to, because it's a little more expensive, you don't have to use it on your whole body, but you can use it on that one spot. On Just use it on that one yeah. spot and then use the cheap sunscreen for the rest of your body. That is exactly what I do, by the way, because I don't, I think the spray-on sunscreen is a bit of a scam because it yeah. feels like it's a lot of sunscreen, but, but it's, it's not. really not. Yeah. It's just like a highly pressurized can. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. I'm glad that we. I'm glad that we're on the same page about sunscreen, even if we aren't on the same page about the yearny feeling that one sometimes gets, unless one is Hank. Uh, all right. We got another question from Lauren, who asks, "Dear Hank and John, help! Do you know how to keep my headphone cord from getting tangled?" No. 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 And I hate. I mean, I try my best, and I have a system, and I like wrap it up around my hand, and then I wrap it around yeah. the wrap, and I put it in my pocket. And then I take it out of my pocket and it's made of knots. So, Hank, this is actually a subject of like, like a pretty intensely studied subject in mathematics. Yeah. 
uh, because it's a weird pattern. Um, and there is uh, this thing called spontaneous knotting of an agitated string mm -hmm. that like over time an agitated headphone cord or other string will tie itself into like incredibly complicated knots. And the short answer is that there is some awareness that this happens, um, but we don't really know why. At least well, like the, the math, the, the like, Hi, my yeah. understanding, and uh, I mean, I am definitely not a mathematician, is that there, this is still like a fertile ground of research rather than a settled <laughs> question. Right, right. I, understanding the specifics of it is actually important uh, for biology because understanding how DNA, which is a very long string, right. keeps itself organized, and when it does not, what happens? Because it does happen, and that actually creates uh, disease. Um, but the, uh, the, the sort of like broad top level reason why headphones get tangled mm -hmm. is because there are more ways, infinitely more ways, for a, a string to be knotted than to be not knotted. There is only one way for a string to not have knots in it. Mm. It has one state, mm -hmm. but there are an infinite number of ways for it to be knotted. Literally infinite? Yes, well, no. Not if there's not if the th the if it if it was a uh, if it was a line mm -hmm. and did not have like thickness. oh if it was an infinitely long yeah. line there would be infinite number yeah. of ways or if, or even it. if it didn't have thickness if it oh. was just like a sort of imaginary string mm -hmm. that did not have a width okay all right now my mind is pretty blown so that's a good <laughs> feeling that's always nice um, by the way Hank's wearing turkey leg socks today that's yes. a controversial choice well they are turkey legs with legs. They're walking around. Oh. I, I got them as a gift. They're great. They are. I, I like love them. them. Speaking of gifts, Hank, I just want to do one quick follow-up. Mm -hmm. um, Amy wrote back, Dear John and Hank, thank you for answering my question concerning the inherently unsexy Pizza John t-shirt. You remember Amy, Hank? She mm -hmm. was the one who was having trouble right. uh, kissing her boyfriend because he was having to stare at my face yes. uh, in the Pizza John shirt. Mm -hmm. uh, I've taken your advice and purchased a shirt from dftba.com that doesn't have John's face on it. As you can see from the attached photo, which we'll post at the Patreon, Matthew and I are thrilled. Pizza John, meanwhile, has not been abandoned, but he has been relegated <laughs> to the cuddling sector. Thanks again, <laughs> Amy. P.S. John, you made a mistake when reading the original question. At the time I was asking, Matthew and I had been dating for two months, not two years. <laughs> but here's to two years and beyond, thanks to your dubious advice. And then there's a lovely picture of Amy and Matthew and uh, Amy's new giraffe love t-shirt from dftba.com. Which I designed. You did Sometimes design it. I, I will wear that shirt and people will say, I love your shirt. And then I will have to say, because it's true, I did this. Technically, you don't have to say that, but it does remind me that today's podcast is brought to you by Hank's Ego. Oh, no. Hank's Ego. Delivering I... high-quality podcasting since 2015. I have no idea what we talked about. <laughs> well, we, I, talked, I, we I, talked a lot about Leon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is not brought to you by Leon Musk. That's a lie. Leon He's Musk our number is one sponsor. sponsor. He's our sponsor. Number one sponsor. That would be a conflict of interest. Twitter.com slash Leon Musk number four earth. Litter. Uh, I don't know what I was going to say. Litter. Litter. Uh, <laughs> Literally. Literally the best Twitter on earth. <laughs> um, 
Uh, no. This podcast is also brought to you by Spray On Sunscreen. It tastes bad. <laughs> That's a terrible advertisement for spray on sunscreen. Spray on sunscreen. Spray on sunscreen. It tastes bad. Hard to huff. <laughs> Don't huff it. <laughs> and today's podcast is also brought to you by the longing homesickness deep in your chest. The longing homesickness deep in your chest. A feeling that Hank has never had. <laughs> And finally, this podcast is brought to you by all 86 of your urethral sphincters. <laughs> Loosening up one by one as you get closer to your apartment. This episode of Dear Hang is brought to you by Thrive Market. Thrive Market is there to help you maintain the kinds of habits that you want to have. For me, I need to have the right kind of food in the house or I will eat whatever. Oreo recently sent me some free fancy Oreos. They were weird. I ate all of them. I ate all of them in a week and it was a problem. I can't do that. I need to have healthy, good stuff in the house and Thrive Market can help you have healthy habits. It's a great go-to for all your grocery and household essentials and the convenience of getting everything online and then like just quickly shipped to the doorstep. It's a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with great ingredients and sourcing methods. They got Amy's, Banza, Burt's Bees, Trobani, Honest Kids, Kind, Mike's Hot Honey, Oatly, Olipop, Poppy, Salt, I've never heard of salt, but it's got two A's in it, so it has to be good. And as a Thrive Market member, you can save money on every single grocery order. On average, you can save over 30% every time. And they also have a deals page that changes every day. When you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one -one membership matching program. You join, they give. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order, plus a $60 free gift. I enjoyed my $60 free gift. I was surprised by it, and it was the kind of thing I wouldn't have bought. And then now I'm like on the ghee train. They gave me free ghee. And I was like, I don't know what ghee is. But then I was like, oh, this is great. It's like butter, but it's different and more spreadable. <laughs> Go to thrivemarket.com slash dearhank for 30% off your first order, plus that free $60 gift. That's thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash dearhank, thrivemarket.com slash dearhank. All right, Hank, we've got time for one last question. I'm wondering if we can try to steer this episode of the podcast back towards something, you know, vaguely redeemable. So this question <laughs> Fish comes Fish don't from, swim! This question comes from Jordan, who writes, Dear John and Hank, I am sitting in my car in the parking lot of my workplace, and I can't motivate myself to walk inside right now. I hate my job, and the thought of doing it today has me in tears. Dubious advice? So look, I've had this feeling a few times in my, in my life. I've, I've had an incredibly lucky and, and privileged professional life, but I have had this feeling uh, in, my, in my younger years. And the first thing that I would say is that this is an opportunity uh, to begin to try to find a new job. It may be that you cannot find a new job today. It may be that it's not practical or possible for you to leave this job that you hate today. But this is probably, this is dubious advice, but I think this is probably a message from yourself that it is time to try to start finding uh, some other kind of work. Yeah, I mean, yes, and, and, and hopefully that will give you some hope as you go into doing the thing that you have to do in order to make it work, because I assume that this is part of you making it work. Um, that having that like knowledge that you are working toward 
something more than the current state. Yeah, I think there were two things that were helpful to me when I felt that way. One was, I am doing this job for a specific, that I hate for a specific reason, mm -hmm. which is to pay my bills, which is to take care of myself and people I care about, which is to meet my obligations. And while it is uh, difficult and unfun and it is not forever, um, it is for right now, today, the thing that I can do to meet those obligations uh, to myself and to the people I love. And the second thing was to find something that I was passionate about, that I cared about, that I could get better at by doing in the time when I wasn't working, mm -hmm. um, which for me was writing uh, the book that became Looking for Alaska. And, um, and that really helped. I mean, the time when I had this feeling most profoundly was when I was working as a chaplain, when I really, I was really bad at that job, and it's a horrible job to be bad at, and it's impossible not to dread going to work uh, unless you are a saint, when you know that um, you know kids might die and that you're not going to be very good at helping people in that situation. Um, I, think it's, I think it's possible to enjoy that work when you know that you can be helpful and useful, but I knew that I wasn't that good at it, and um, it really helped me to say, well, this is what I'm doing right now because I made a commitment to do it, but I am also going to go home tonight and I'm going to do this thing that I love, which is mm -hmm. writing. And working during the day is what facilitates me being able to do this job that I, or do this work that I love at night. Right, and even if you can just do, like work on something that you are progressing at, mm -hmm. uh, just an hour a day is huge because I think that's what we all want, is to be getting better at being people. And sometimes our work that we get paid for does not allow us to do that. Um, and, uh, and that can be very frustrating. Um, and, and so much so that it's hard to have the energy or the willpower to do anything, um, yeah. anything active when you're, when you're not at work. But um, finding that thing and, and getting through the sort of initial stages of definitely being bad at it, because right. that's usually how it starts out, unless you're very lucky. Uh, so being very bad at it and working until you are manageably good and it becomes fun and you, you understand and, and can see your own progression, um, which has been you know really great for me creatively, just to play guitar badly. Right. Um, it's just such a nice thing to be able to do. Or not even play day. guitar, like whether it's, yeah. you know, running, mm -hmm or whatever it is, yeah. you know, there, I, I don't think it has to be something creative necessarily. I think lots of people find fulfillment yep. in uh, sports or in all kinds of different human activities, but that sense of being able to get better at something, that sense of, of being able to, um, to have something in your life that, that isn't work that's important to you can make yep. work more manageable. But I also don't want to minimize this. Uh, this sucks and I know there are lots of people uh, who feel this way um, every morning when they go to work and it sucks. And yeah. I think part of what maybe makes it survivable is acknowledging that it does suck. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and also acknowledging that like, if you wanna trade this bad job for another bad job, your other bad job might not be as bad. Uh, because yeah. it, it's, in my experience, it's usually the people you're working with more than the job itself. And if you can find a place even if it's a crappy job, if there's good people there, 
it makes it all more manageable. The only exception to that is when you have to do a lot of cold calling. Then it doesn't matter who yeah. you work with. Yeah. It's yeah. always terrible. <laughs> um, uh, there's, I'm sure there's lots of exceptions to that. Uh, oh, that's true. The yeah. only exception in my personal experience <laughs> is when there's cold calling involved. Um, but yeah, I'm sure there's lots of jobs that where, where it, it, it isn't about the people you work with. But, but having better coworkers definitely makes a huge difference. Like I worked at a few restaurants mm -hmm. and whether the job was fun or, um, or okay or absolutely horrible depended entirely on whether I was able to get along with my coworkers. Yeah. All right, Hank, it's time to move on to the all important news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon. Do you want me to start or would you like to start? You start, I always start. All right, Hank, the news from AFC Wimbledon is that this week AFC Wimbledon's League One third tier schedule was announced. We are playing the likes of Swindon Town, Oxford United, Gillingham, Mmm, sounds delicious. Your favorite ham. <laughs> uh, and of course, uh, Port Vale, you know, Bristol Rovers, some big clubs. But uh, the, the marquee matchup, uh, the franchise from Milton Keynes, is also down in League One. AFC Wimbledon have worked their way up from the ninth tier to the third tier. The hardworking franchise in Milton Keynes has worked their way in the same period, all the way from the third tier of English football to the third tier of English football. <laughs> and uh, those games will be on uh, March 14th uh, is when uh, the franchise will come uh, to visit AFC Wimbledon. And uh, on December 10th, uh, AFC Wimbledon will be playing on will be playing in Milton Keynes. Uh, big games for me include the game against Swindon Town, mm -hmm. um, the home game against Swindon Town on October 15th. I'm a longtime Swindon Town fan as well. And uh, I'm excited uh, to go to a game. I know I'm going to at least one game this season, uh, October 1st, uh, home to Gillingham. Pretty excited about that. Fired up. Very, very excited for uh, AFC Wimbledon's League One schedule. We'll post the whole schedule on the Patreon so you can enjoy it. And if you want to go to one of the games. Yeah, you should go to more than one of the games, Hank. Any of the games. So, Hank. Yeah. Leon Musk for Earth uh, has a question for you. Oh, God. Are we closer? You're not going to just let me. Or farther away to getting to Mars this week? Well, physically, we're farther away from Mars this week. Huzzah! Because it's moving away from us now. Another solid week. It's going to come, come back around again in a couple of years. In Earthness. Uh, but yes. practically, we're a little bit closer because NASA has signed an agreement with the United Arab Emirates sharing information and technology in the hopes of collaborating on a bunch of stuff. But the prime objective, according to the announcement, is the exploration of Mars. Uh, mm. By humans or by, by robots? By humans. Oh, that's disappointing. Uh, but this is NASA's plan. So its goal is to get to Mars by 2030. Perfect. <laughs> I've always loved NASA. <laughs> and they, uh, they want to, uh, and that, that plan has been criticized for its ambitiousness. <laughs> yeah. I'm all for getting to Mars yeah. in 2030. I think that'd be great. Uh, that so way, I could. That way, we could get humans to Mars and have a podcast called Dear John and Hank. <laughs> so, uh, so as part of that, uh, which could cost upwards of a trillion dollars, sure. uh, they are they are partnering with a number of different countries, and the United Arab Emirates is a wealthy oil state, uh, and they uh, they are working on some of their own Mars missions. They have a plan to send an unmanned probe to, the, to Mars by 2021. 
and uh, and and the NASA is signing similar cooperative agreements with or has signed with China, Russia, and the UK. Mm. And uh, knowing that I, you know, I. If we're going to do this, it's going to cost a lot of money, and it's not just going to be something that one country is going to do by itself. So NASA is working behind the scenes uh, to uh, to. Uh, here's here's what Charlie Bolden says, the director of NASA. Together, we can bring humanity to the face of Mars and reach new heights for the benefit of all humankind. In 2028. And we will. In 2028. <laughs> really should have pushed it to 2030. <laughs> <laughs> Hank, we got an interesting question from Bobby, uh, who wrote in to say, I was listening to the episode where Hank was talking about the Mars mission that they're planning where there's 40 people and they're going to narrow it down to 26 people and then send them to Mars four at a time. And I couldn't help but notice that 26 is not divisible by four. <laughs> Any ideas on how that'll work? I think, yeah, I think that one of the missions will have two people. I think that they're just assuming that some people will die. <laughs> they're, just, they're just building it in. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, no, I, I, yeah, I, I think that I think maybe the first m mission is planned to be just two, but I'm not sure. Oh, that'd be great! I've always wanted to go to Mars with just one other person and then die there. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, maybe you really like them. You get along real well. I mean, you just I play a lot of FIFA. <laughs> Can you play FIFA on Mars? Of course. Do they have Wi-Fi? No. But you can play two-player on the same box. Oh. I mean, they're gonna have Wi-Fi, but they're not gonna. You can't play like. Like, you could not play FIFA with someone on Earth if you were on Mars. You couldn't? No. I mean, the yeah. Lag, the lag would be a little... Pretty you epic. Play chess. You can play chess, maybe. So what you're saying is they will have Wi-Fi on Mars, but yes. I won't be able to Skype. Do you know that the internet used to be a capital I, according to the, the AP Style Guide, but oh. they recently pushed it to lowercase? I mean, this is huge news for me, Hank, because I have always styled internet with a capital I because I believe in the AP style guide in all of my books it's capital I yeah and even sometimes my copy editors would be like this is technically a capital I but nobody really uses the capital I and I would be like we use the capital I because we believe in the AP style guide so it was a little bit of a betrayal <laughs> well, uh, I thought it would be a huge relief it is it's both a relief and a betrayal because I stood up for the capital I internet for so long that now I agree with them that it should be a lowercase i yeah. thing, but it's made now my books look dated. Yeah. As opposed to before when they were just full of a bunch of references to bands like the Flaming Lips. <laughs> <laughs> Flaming Lips are still relevant, John. Uh, I've always thought that the, inter the internet should be lowercase because there can be more than one of them. And if there is, if we do go to Mars, there will be a Mars internet and an Earth internet. There will be two. I bet the Martian internet isn't going to be as good. No, definitely not. Yeah, I mean, yet one more reason. <laughs> Why try to build an internet from scratch, asks Leon Musk. <laughs> you should tweet it. When we've got an internet working right here. <laughs> yeah. I've got to go, actually, because I, I, I did just discover a gif that I want to tweet as Leon Musk. All right. Uh, well, what did we learn today, John? Well, uh, we learned that Leon Musk for Earth number four is your number one news source for not getting to Mars before 2028. <laughs> just, just tell me when I'm, just tell me when I'm kicking the dead horse. <laughs> I, I know it's not yet. I know that horse is alive. But we just, also, you tell me when okay. I jump the shark on the Leon Musk stuff. All right. We also learned yep. that John. Mm -hmm. On the set of Paper Towns, yep. P 
peed on something. We don't know what, but something he was not supposed to pee on. Uh, we learned that uh, Hank huffs uh, spray on sunscreen. <laughs> not true. I not huff. on purpose. Well, I mean, it's, it's, all I'm saying is that I have no idea how spray on sunscreen tastes. And we also, I think I just have an exceptionally strong sense of taste. I have a, I have a, very, I have a very developed palate. Oh my God, aren't you special? <laughs> and finally, we learned that John would like a house with no bottom. It just, it's just a forever falling pit that disallows the existence of any dust. I just want to live in a vacuum. Is that so wrong? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it saves you from all of the potential bugs that might be in your home. If your home is a vacuum, they just die immediately. The other uh, big advantage is that you also die. Yeah. So that's a bummer. Um, yeah, okay, let's, uh, we, let's wrap up the podcast. All right, uh, thank you for listening to this podcast. John, thank you for coming to Anaheim to record with me. It's a pleasure to have you here. I, I mean, it, it's not like you're hosting me. We both run VidCon. It's just I don't work on it. <laughs> uh, and thank you to everyone for listening to this podcast where you can, you can find this podcast now officially on the Google Play podcast thingy. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. Also, we want to thank all of our Patreon subscribers at patreon.com slash dearhankandjohn uh, and we want to thank uh, Nicholas Jenkins who edits the podcast. Claudia Morales is our intern. Rosiana Hals Rojas helps us with questions. Our theme music is by Gunnarola. Thank you again for listening and as we say in our hometown, don't, don't forget, forget to, to be, be awesome. awesome. And if you have any questions, you can email us at hankandjohn at gmail.com. I forgot that part. This really is the worst episode ever. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs>